does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. I always forget which direction I said was the past and the future, but today I made a point of saying I'm moving to my right. That's not a political statement. I'm moving to my right. So that's where the future is. Welcome to the future of now, Bonnie D. Happy to say that a wonderful little company called Aplandio in Poland named this show to their top 10 business and tech podcast for entrepreneurs in the world. We're very proud. I got to meet them. I was on their How We Innovate podcast recently. Go look it up on LinkedIn. There's a, They called me an artistic soul with a scientific mind. My grown children thought that was very funny. I haven't heard from my grandchildren yet. So we have an interesting topic for you today. I want my panelists, I haven't introduced you yet, but I want you all to wave because we are live on LinkedIn and we are live hopefully on Facebook. There we go. And somebody's coming to sweep the leaves off my front garden and I hope he doesn't make too much noise. Good, he's quiet. There we go. Benefits of having a home office and broadcasting from home. So we're going to talk today about an interesting segment of the population. I'm only referencing the U.S., but I have a feeling this applies all over the world. Single dads. And I'm not defining the word single. I didn't do that in my research. I didn't ask my guests. But we're talking about dads who have some role in raising children. How does technology fit into that? So, uh, you know what? I want to introduce my guests, and I'm just going to call out your name and have you wave, and then we'll do full introductions after my intro. So first up, of course, we have the wonderful Karen Gibson. Aloha, Karen. Karen is not a single dad, clearly, but she's the one who suggested the topic. Karen is in Hawaii, and she always brings me such interesting topics during the year. And Karen, it's such a delight to have you here. It's four. It's 5.05 a.m. there in Hawaii, and I thank you for getting up early for me. I appreciate that. And then we have Dustin Drowen. Dustin, wave hello. We'll get your intro in a second. There he is. And we have Jason Blount. Hello, Jason, with that very fancy microphone. Mine's red, yours blue, no comment. And Reggie Waterman. Reggie, what's behind you? Create, what does it say? Create wonder? Create wonder. Oh, I love that. I love that sign. Very, very nice. We'll, we'll hear about that when you do your bio. So, let me get to my opening. I have five buzz quotes. I'll make them quick, but let me just give you some background here. Okay, this is from healthline.com. While the majority of solo parents, solo parents are single moms, up to 2.6 million families in the U.S. are headed by single dads. However, the research on single fathers is still limited. Let's leave that there. Buzz number two is from a psychologist named Robert Goldman. This was reported on pittsburghparent.com. He said, as a single dad, keeping a strong relationship between you and your child after divorce is essential for your child's well-being. Children are less likely to engage in delinquent behavior if their dad is actively engaged in their upbringing. Okay, we aren't mentioning tech yet, but I know that has to be involved today. Buzz number three is a quote from a book called The Single Dad's Guide to the Galaxy by Roger Mc. McEwen, who is an Australian, he's an Aussie, and he says, I've experienced all the different roles you have to play when there's nobody else around. Here's the list. A parent, a dad, a father, a stand-in mom, a confidant, 
always a butler or a maid, a teacher, and most crucially, a friend. My panelists, does that does that resonate with all of you a little bit? All of those? Were, okay, we got some agreement there. Good. And the next quote is from a website called dl.acm, and it says, support solutions specifically designed for single dads are scarce. And ACM, this company, is doing some research using what they call human-centered design methodology to engage single fathers in multiple research activities to gain insight, here's the key, into their support needs to inform potential designs for support interventions. I wasn't keen on the word interventions. It sounded like there's a problem, but support certainly doesn't need to be an intervention. It can be so much else. And one more quote from Pew Research, why not? In today's digitally connected world, Parents have to manage their own relationship with the internet and mobile devices, along with, here it comes dads, along with managing their children's use of and exposure to the same technology. Ah, there we go. So I'm going to say your names again. Wave one more time. Karen Gibson, welcome. Aloha, Dustin Drowen, welcome. Jason Blout, welcome. Reggie Waterman. And I'm going to ask them for their take on the future of single dads in technology, family ties. And that's with a question mark because I don't know where the conversation's gonna end up. So welcome Bonnie D in the house. If you can't tell, I'm happy to be here. I don't know what's wrong with you because I am. This show is just wonderful for me because we get to, and the reason Aplandio picked the show is because I present experts, futurists, whatever you gentlemen and, and Karen, you lady want to want to position yourself as. I present technology as it works with affects, impacts our lives as real people. It's not just a, this is tech for business. I do a lot of business shows, but this is tech for people in different aspects. I've done one on technology and wine travel, one on adaptive clothing, some on what does blockchain have to do with the food we eat? I've done them on a drones. Is there a drone on your porch coming to you soon? So this is just an exciting topic. Everybody give Karen Gibson a round of applause for bringing the topic to me. Karen, this is important really important that we do this and thank you so speaking of karen you're up first i'm putting you on full screen speaker view as you know i will always do when you're speaking karen i'm guessing okay i got out the special guestometer uh, technology meter this morning uh, dustin knows where i'm going with this i think and the meter said that karen's been on the show so many times and spoken in front of so many tens of thousands of people that there might be karen i think you're setting a record there's 5.2 people in the world who don't remember you. That's all that's left. Everybody, everybody else. Jason, you can smile now. <laughs> Reggie got it. That's a record. Usually it's 8.9, 10.2 people. I don't want any of my other previous guests to get jealous. Karen, please introduce yourself to those people and talk to all of us in general. How have you been? What are you up to? And why is this topic important to you? Karen Gibson, welcome. Aloha. My name is Karen Gibson from Mililani, Hawaii. I'm a mother of two adult daughters, ages 20 and 26. I'm an author of two books. One I published during the pandemic, 100 Parenting Tips Inspired by the Pandemic, as well as Mama's Gotta Let Go, but it's also for dads have to let go, grandmas, you know, if you're a caregiver, without losing your sanity. I don't know if that's possible because I continue to lose my sanity. I think every parent, uh, my mission, of course, is to increase peace while decreasing stress and helping um, everyone who you know is raising our kiki um, children um, on this roller coaster journey called parenting. Um, I think single dads. I noticed that for some reason more single moms reach out to me, and when I did my research. Um, single dads, not those on this panel, of course, are more vulnerable and less open 
to discussing their emotions and just sharing, you know, openly their challenges. And I think it's because they're raised to be like, we need to be this very strong emotionally and physical person to um, live up right to society's expectations. So I'm hoping that this, um, this show will give all of our single dads permission to be vulnerable and, you know, share. Thank you very much. I appreciate the topic, Karen. And I'm, I always listen. I, I like to watch French detective shows, everybody, and I'm binging on all of them. I used to speak fluent French. I did my countdown backwards in French. But now I just watch, I listen, I pick up words, and I watch the English subtitles. You can't be doing something else when you're watching a show with subtitles. You can't be looking down and playing words. You, know, you get it. But what I want to say was there's a detective show called Tandem, where it's an ex-husband and wife, and he works for her in a police station. She's the commandant, and he's one of the capitans. And it's funny because when she answers the phone, her name is Leia Soler. She says, Soler, j'écoute meaning I'm listening. And so Karen, I'm listening. And I hope everybody is listening to you and the other panelists. So to my viewers and listeners around the world, say j'écoute, I want you to hear these three very interesting single dads, as well as Karen, what we're saying today. I think that'll be a good, a good message. We're not lecturing. We're talking about the future of single dads and technology. Speaking of which, Dustin, you're up next. I'm putting you on speaker view. Please tell us who you are. Why are you here? Why is this topic important? Dustin, welcome. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. My name is Dustin Drun. I'm a divorced father of three. I live in the Sacramento, California area here. I'm a realtor. Um, I'm also a, a self-named uh, positive mindset coach and inspirational thinking strategist where I try to help people get out of their own way. Um, I've been divorced for a couple of years now. My kids are 20, 18, and 13 going on 17. And, uh, you know, I'm just doing the best that I can and trying to come out the backside of a divorce with, um, you know, being the best version of myself as I can. And uh, it's been quite the interesting journey so far. And I've really discovered a lot of things about myself uh, after divorce that have really uh, been enlightening. And, and now I help other people and after divorce uh, through a, a podcast that I'm, I share with uh, Jason Blount here, our next person who uh, we, it's called the X-Men Roundtable. And we have candid discussions on a weekly basis where we just talk about uh, life after divorce and helping how we help each other through that kind of stuff. And we share our thoughts on uh, all of the, all the ups and downs and everything that goes along with divorce and, and the future and the present. So that's what we do. Thank you very much. And tell me something, Dustin, technology, is it a uh, proverbial monkey wrench in raising kids and being a divorced dad? We're talking about tech today. That will flavor all of the predictions from you and Jason and Reggie. So just quickly, uh, how do you see, is it something that you have to handle, especially where kids are so aware, they're already so, in, your, your kids are grownups already, at least two of them are. They're out in the world as, as young adults. So is this something that that is, you don't always know what it's going to present to you because of all the if issues with social media and other technology, just briefly. Well, it's interesting. The, I mean, they're just so much more informed than we were at the same age and they have just so much more access to all this information. And so we, I, as a father have to also be kind of have information about what they know, or if I don't know, I have to be able to ask them, what is it that, where are you coming from? With this information because i'd like to know more about it they also have opinions about it so you have to you know be able to get them to think for themselves and 
see things and flip things around a little bit more, you know? So having that discussion and having that conversation is really important for me with, with my kids. Thank you. I like your answer. Very, I wasn't expecting that and I appreciate that. Let's go to Jason Blount. Jason, welcome. It's your turn. Tell us who you are, what you do, and a little bit about your perspective on tech and being a single dad. Jason, you're up. Thank you, Bonnie. And, and thank you so much for having me here. Um, my name is Jason Blount. And uh, for 25 years, I was a firefighter, paramedic, and a chief officer, and uh, kind of had a sudden uh, hit the wall moment where life changed for me and I had to pick myself back up. And in that process, I learned a lot, as uh, Dustin alluded to, when we go through that, that uh, divorce process, it can be a very revealing moment. And coming through it, I decided that what I learned before as a firefighter and paramedic helping people in their emergencies translates really well to helping people in their day-to-day emergencies as a coach. I think that's the most apt description of what I do. I really work with people that just don't realize they've got the brake on in some parts of their life. And I teach them how to take the brake off and how to put the accelerator on and how to really examine their experience and reflect on it to look for some better outcomes that they've been having. I work uh, and live in Southern Oregon and I have three adult children, 22, 21 and uh, 18, almost 19. So uh, yeah, um, I have lived the life of a single dad and divorced father, and I have a lot of experience. And um, from the, the, all the uh, things that come from that, the stereotypes, the bubble that exists for just a single father is, is expanded when you involve another partner, ex-partner, work, everything that you mentioned, the struggles with tech about trying to stay up to speed, trying to learn, trying to filter out what's, what's fodder and what's truth. And, and uh, really trying to up your game because you have to stay ahead or at least stay in the conversation with your kids to understand where they're at with technology and how it's affecting them. And what we've recently gone through has been a huge impact on their psyche, on their identity, and it will continue to be one of the most challenging things has, it been, has been in generations past is technology, whatever form it looks like. Thank you. And what you said just jumped out at me, Jason. You said you have to stay in the conversation with your kids. Yeah. Isn't isn't that true? Stay in the conversation. And I know there's some heart in there too. stay, stay heart to heart, be, be open and share, but stay in the conversation, tech or otherwise. Thank you very much. And I'm just going to say, even though you didn't mention military, thank you for your service as a fireman and EMT for years. Um, I, I had a an access TV show in New York on Long Island, and I invited the various fire companies, Vigilance and the others in my area in Great Neck on the, the peninsula there uh, to come on every year a couple of times and talk about new technology in terms of life-saving and what they were doing. I even had them bring equipment and, to, the, to the studio, and they were some of my favorite people. They used to invite me to their big dinner party every year at a fancy catering hall. I said, no, 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 I don't need the calories, but thank you very much. Well, I went and I danced anyway. It was fun. But th- thank you. Thank you for doing what you did, and thank you for your comments. Reggie Waterman, you're here. You're a busy guy. I see you on LinkedIn all over the place. You're talking, you're lecturing, you're presenting. We're so happy you have the time to be with us today. Reggie, I'm putting you on speaker view. Please tell us who you are. Why are you here? Single dad tech. Go ahead, Reggie. Welcome. Bonnie, thank you for that um, <laughs> that nice announcement and that warm welcome. And Karen, thank you for allowing me to join this esteemed panelist of individuals looking to share their information and their thoughts. Um, So Reggie Waterman, workshop facilitator, product marketer, author, and just like Karen, I um, published a book during the pandemic. It's called Discover Your Other Self. 
Um, it's all about self-discovery and helping other individuals unlock their gifts and their talents so that they could discover their purpose. Because my purpose is to help others really drill down into, well, what is that little voice inside of you saying that really wants to come out? Let's unleash the power that you have within. No, no Tony Robbins references there, but kind of similar. Um now, I'm a father of two children. I have a 19-year-old, believe it or not, and we get mistaken for brothers, right? <laughs> Fine. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I can live with that. And then I have an 11-year-old um, daughter. Um, she's turning to 12 in September, so um, a couple, well, almost a month from now. Um, but yeah, so technology and how it plays within to our dynamics is very important in terms of establishing that communication. And like Bonnie and Jason mentioned, it's, you know, making sure that we keep that conversation going, right? Um, staying constantly connected, um, you know, getting that FaceTime, whether it be um, in person, but also using technology, you know, through WhatsApp or any other platforms to make sure that we're all staying connected and engaged, um, especially during the pandemic. Um, the dynamics with my children is that their mother really wants to keep them in tight quarters, right? Um, not really being exposed. Um, and, you know, trying to mitigate any risks. So for us, it was, okay, making sure that we have weekly conversation or daily conversations, making sure that their mental health is, you know, intact. Um, and my daughter used utilizing um, Roblox, you know, as, as a program to actually develop new skills. Um, she's pretty much designed my kitchen through Roblox, which is pretty fascinating. We could get into that later on. But the importance of utilizing technology for them to get into the various nuances of technology and how it evolves and how it helps a simplify their life, but sometimes complicate their lives. But what are those workarounds that technology can provide to unlock different opportunities? Karen Gibson, these three gentlemen are so articulate and so well-spoken. I am so impressed with the three of you and, and where you are in your lives, having gotten through years of being a divorced. I'm a divorced mom and I divorced when my, I was, uh, who was in Oregon? Who was, who was the one in Oregon? Jason, I lived in Eugene for many years and um, interesting story. And I divorced my husband when I was in Eugene and I had a three-year-old and an eight-year-old, and I had to reestablish myself having never really been that independent. I put five locks on my front door. I put locks on the windows. I slept with the scissors under my pillow. I was scared out of my mind. I'd never, never lived alone. I had two little ones to take care of, and I had to figure it out and got my first job ever as a, I went back to school, I got two degrees, I went to work, first job ever at 27, I said to them, I have to stay till five o'clock. I had never worked, I was a programmer analyst and I never stayed at a job, but I, kn I know what it was like and uh, life in Eugene was very interesting back then. Where in Eugene, where in uh, Oregon are you, Jason, or were you? I'm just down south in Medford, but I go I'm to Eugene Medford. often for Ducks games. Okay, there you go. Yes, those were the days of uh, the running capital of the world, Mary Decker Tab and University of Oregon. Yes, yes, a very interesting, very beautiful place. We had three traffic lights downtown, everybody. And a traffic jam was when you had to wait three light cycles to go ahead. That was a, a jam in downtown. It was was very, very interesting. And people said it was too big a city and they were fleeing back to where they came from, from other parts of the country where there was less, where we only had 85,000 85, people. This is when the lumber industry collapsed. And I had 
to give my house back to the bank. I couldn't even sell it when I moved back to New York to be near my family. I literally had to lock it up, sweep it clean. And it was called an estoppel deed, gave the house back to the bank, couldn't sell it and said, just forgive me the mortgage, let it go. There was no way to even sell houses. And I won't tell you what year that was. But anyway, I identified somewhat with all three of you because I raised two kids on my own. And I like to think, and I don't know if you can identify with this, any of you, I like to think that my children raised me because we watched TV every night. We did homework together. I was writing 2,000 lines of programming code in COBOL uh, on a weekend, and I was helping. I said to them, listen, you want to learn a language in school? You need to take a foreign language. If you take Spanish, I can't help you. But I took French, and I studied in, in Switzerland, and I won some awards. If you want to have a parent help you with language, you better study French, because that's the only one I can help you with. So both of my kids took French. That's how it was. But I was a math whiz, so we got along well on math. So let's go to our opening quotes. Thank you for the introductions. It, it's just, I'm delighted. My heart is happy that you're all here. And I don't usually talk like that, Karen knows, but it is. It is. So Let's go to the opening quotes. Let's make this brief because I want to get to your predictions. Karen Gibson sent me a quote from Cher. Karen, you know, I always promise I won't sing on my shows. And it's just very hard to not sing this line, but I'm going to say it. The song is If I Could Turn Back. <laughs> 1989, really that long ago? Jason, you can laugh now. I'm funny when I sing. 1989, pop rock and soft rock song by Cher. It's from her 19th album, Heart of Stone. It was the lead single by Geffen Records. And the lyric is is if I could turn back time, if I could find a way, I'd take back those words that have hurt you. Oh, I'm wounded already. Karen, let's take just two minutes to explain the quote. What does it have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Well, I think a lot of us want to undo our mistakes, you know, and sometimes, especially with technology, right? You text something out of maybe an emotional reaction, and then can you take it back? No. So I think we believe, though, that if we could take you know, back time and change the course of our lives that it would be better. But I believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason. We build resilience, we grow. And, um, we, you know, if we stay in that mindset of regret, then um, we can't move forward. So I just love that quote that we don't, you know, we want to undo our mistakes, but I think our mistakes are our best learning lesson in life. I appreciate that. Some people say the mistake well accepted and well learned is a gift. Do you believe that, Karen? that we can really learn from it. I, I don't know, I've got an awful lot of gifts to look back on. <laughs> long, long a mistake written life, what can I tell you? But I'm pretty happy now. Let's go to Dustin. Dustin has picked a quote from Roy Tin Cup McAvoy, played by the one and only Kevin Costner. The movie, of course, Tin Cup, 1996 American romantic comedy and sports film. Interesting line here. When a defining moment comes along, you can do one of two things, define the moment, or let the moment define you. Dustin, what a well-written line. Wow. How'd you find this one? And what does it have to do with our topic? Go. Well, you know, Google's great, you know, when you're looking for inspirational uh, quotes. Um, you know, we're all, we all have trauma in our lives and we all have things that show up on a daily basis where, you know, moment to moment, you have to make a decision about how that, how you're going to respond to things. And so when, things show up in your life on a, you know, whether they be big or small, you have to decide how you're going to handle it. And if it's going to, uh, you know, if you're going to uh, rise up and be the conqueror and the victor or the victim. And so uh, for me, and in the movie, you know, he has that kind of moment where he keeps hitting the ball into the water and he just decides he's going to go for it. And 
you know, life isn't quite that dramatic in, in that sense. But, um, you know, for me in, in my defining moment was obviously a divorce and I had a choice to either make it, uh, make it or break it. And uh, I, I continually choose uh, to step up and be the one that changes my own life and be the own, my own hero in my own story. So, yeah. Thank you. Your own story. Well put. Very well put. Thank you very much. Good quote. Jason Blount, quote from Benjamin Parker, Uncle Ben, played by the late great Cliff Robertson to Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man. He spells it with a dash. I, I never get used to that. Played in this particular case by Tobey Maguire, the 2002 American superhero film, Spider-Man. Here's the quote. We love this one. And by the way, it comes from an ancient adage, Jason, I have to tell you this, from the first century BC in an illusion of the sword of Damocles. It's been used by journalists, authors, politics, non-monarchic rhetoric, law enforcement, public safety, and it was popularized after it appeared in Spider-Man and in feature films. And here's the line, with great power comes great responsibility. I hope I did that well. Jason, talk to me. How'd you find Uh, this one? No, absolutely, because I'm a comic book nerd. And it actually came up in the comics in 1967 in a certain iteration. It's been, and it, I think the beauty of it is, it is it is a very deep statement. It's got a lot of history in, in other iterations throughout time, throughout literature. But it's said so simply and so clearly in comic book, in picture, and as in a movie, it has the emotion to it, where it's a calling of someone to recognize their greatness, that they're they're holding themselves back. And they've got a great power. And of course, it's amplified in a superhero. But for all of us, and as we're talking about dads, we're talking about single dads, we or, or single women, whatever the case may be, we all have our greatest power is who we are. And, and we keep putting a break on it. And we need to understand and, and acknowledge and accept we have a responsibility to show up. But through life's experiences, we learn to kind of dull ourselves down, we dim- diminish ourselves, minimize ourselves to the point where we don't step up in that responsibility. And for single fathers, if I can get an amen, it is standing up and being responsible to still being a dad, to being a loving dad, to seek communication, not hold yourself back and retreat. It is still to try and take responsibility for oneself and not lay blame at others. Through responsibility, we have the number one superpower, which is what Dustin said in that quote from Tin Cup, and that's to make a choice to do one thing or the other. But it's our responsibility. And we advocate that and we, we, we give that away to other people and we diminish ourselves. So with great power, single fathers or single mothers, whoever we are in life, whatever we do, we have great responsibility and that is our greatest power. Thank you. And I had a friend years ago who said, who asked me a question. She said, who's driving your bus, right? Mm-hmm. To whom do you give the steering capability of your life? Who's behind that? Who's gripping that wheel? Is it you? Take responsibility, the power of making your decisions being who you need to be. Sometimes not who we want to be, but who we need to be, right? Step up. Thank you very much. I I had to do a lot of stepping up, raising two kids. And remember, I was 3,000 miles from my family. They were in New York. I had a couple of friends in Oregon. It was just 
starting over completely from scratch far far away and figuring out who am i going to be who do i need to be for my kids how do i raise them who do i want to be as their mom i'm their friend i watch star trek with them i, I do my homework with them but what am i doing with my life what am i doing and we'll get into some of your predictions about how do you connect with other people as a single and what do you do to socialize on your own as a human being, as an adult looking for companionship, but how does that affect the old rule of when do you bring a date home? And I don't know if anybody put that in their predictions, but that would be interesting. At what point do you introduce your kids to somebody new? <gasps> Whole new topic, Karen. We got to get, a, well, maybe the same panel, you'll come back. So let's go to now Reggie's quote. Reggie, and thank you very much, Jason. Well done. Uh, Reggie's quote. Well, this, this, this quote completely took me by surprise, Reggie, out of the blue. And I have to give a little background. Uh, Kramer, we know, Michael Richard Seinfeld, the episode was the alternate side episode, December 4th, 1991. I don't even think you were born then, Reggie. Let's just leave that one alone. Kramer gets a chance to do a line in a Woody Allen film and the line, well, let me give a little more background first. Jerry's car is stolen and the thief picks up his car phone. We called it car phone, 1991. Google takes, George, I'm sorry, George, not Google. George takes a fill-in job moving cars from one side of the street to the other, which is a disaster for local traffic. Elaine gets tired of her 66-year-old boyfriend, and he has a stroke just as she's about to break up with him. That's And here's the line Kramer gets to say in the movie. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Reggie Waterman, rest. nobody knows where you're going to go with this. Reggie, this has to be the line of the day. I'm giving you the, the trophy on this one. Reggie, help me out. What does this have to do with single lands in tech? Go ahead. See, so you all are probably wondering, this is why, you gotta create wonder, right? What's behind this quote? And it's kind of random, these pretzels are making me thirsty. But when I think about pretzels, like I love pretzels, right? Um, and just like the line says, when you eat pretzels, it's like, you know, these they're making me thirsty. I'm missing that complimentary piece. So just like I love pretzels, I love my children, right? I don't get to see my children that often. And I need something to, you know, quench my thirst. My thirst is to build that connection, right? So leveraging technology creates that bridge and it's that complementary piece that will help quench my thirst, which is the love for my children. So I want to be able to constantly engage with them. I wanna show them that I love them, right? Um, at the end of the day, I wanna feel satisfied. I wanna feel gratified, but it's not all about me, it's about them right? Um, you know, you there's that saying where you can't pour from an empty cup, right? But in that instance, it's like, okay, well, if you're eating pretzels, and obviously I'm making the analogy here, and you're thirsty, well, where's that, where's that, where's that cup of water that I need to quench that thirst? Um, so, you know, if I think about on their end, you know, that there's that exchange of love, too, they love me, too. And, that you know, I need to be that complimentary piece to offer up them, you know, value, love, affection. Um, and that's the that's the that's the symbol symbolism behind the quote thank you very much you went around the block about three times on that one and i think you landed pretty well and i love the reference to you can't drink from an empty cup because you need to, to nourish and feed yourself and that i'm thinking of the tin cup quote just because the word cups in it so forgive me well done very very well done my format for my show is probably different than anything you've ever done and i appreciate your your diving into it and picking some interesting quotes now you see how it works so now we're at the predictions round table and here's how it's going to work i've so far put a prediction in the chat for Karen privately. I put in one for Dustin, one for Jason. Reggie, I'll get to yours in a second. But I'm going to read the prediction from Karen first. 
and I'm going to ask Karen to unpack it. Two and a half to three minutes. Again, we're not clocking you, but don't go on. If you see me doing this in the background, it means let's get to the point here. Okay. I had a guest two weeks ago who was on speaker view and I'm in the background, not on camera doing this. And he said, why is Bonnie doing this to me in the background? It's like, you're not supposed to tell people that. So anyway, he kind of broke that wall. But um, my point is that if you have something to say about somebody's prediction, this isn't a true roundtable in terms of commenting, but I would welcome comments. So when Karen is done, if you want to say something about Karen's prediction, you've got five fingers on either one of your hands. Pick any one of the four nice fingers. (laughs) Dustin knows where I'm going with this. One of the polite fingers and wiggle your finger at me and I will see you and I will call you because we're here on Zoom and you can comment briefly on hers. And then uh, Reggie, watch the chat. I'll be putting in one for you in a couple of minutes, okay? And then we'll do a round two and let's see how many predictions we can do. So Karen Gibson sent me the following. We're using prediction number one, which I put in as a test before. She says, single dads will build a support network relying on their digital tribe via social media or online support groups with other single dads, learning healthy coping strategies and seeking guidance from other dads who are embarking on a similar journey will provide comfort. That's a packed prediction. Karen, take your full three minutes. We've got a lot to take. Go ahead. Well, I think um, Jason and Destin, they provide that support, right, online tribe through the X-Men Roundtable. And now they don't even have to be like via Zoom. They can just have that support via, I mean, you know, phone or FaceTime or, you know, they, they just as long as you have that tribe. And we all know that sometimes situations happen where you need that support because you feel like you're going to have a mental breakdown or you don't know how to respond if a crisis happens with your children. So I believe, and I know a lot of um, single moms do this, they, they join a face group who, um, you know, single moms with turbulent teenagers or even with Instagram. And I think with social media, we do have so many opportunities to connect and be part of a tribe because no one wants to be alone in their journey. Um, and Bonnie, you just mentioned how you felt alone. You know, th- there was no social media. There, I don't know how technology there there was back there then. Wasn't. There wasn't. There wasn't. It was yeah, phone. So- it was telephone. Yeah, exactly. Was Just the it. phone. And if you had that beep, 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 and someone was busy, then you truly felt alone. So I think with, you know, technology, I know some people say, I, I don't like social media. You know, I don't allow my children to use it, but there are a lot of benefits. And to connect with people, um, this wouldn't be possible. You know, when I've been connecting with people from all over the world via Zoom um, and social media allowed me to connect with single dads, single moms, I mean, people who um, relying on each other to provide support. So I think it's going to continue probably more online support groups and um, podcasts and different opportunities will arise. Thank you very much. I don't see any wiggling fingers there. So I'm going to move on. Dustin, I'm looking at prediction number three. This is interesting. You say if the metaverse, there's that new word we all getting used to, right? If the metaverse becomes more mainstream, more single dads will meet women there. Interesting. Let's get into the socialization of daddy for a minute here. Go ahead, Dustin. Well, it was kind of a stretch, honestly. I mean, the metaverse is such a unique concept to everybody right now. And there was a movie a few years back called Surrogates. And I don't know if you remember that with with Bruce Willis. And the idea was that people were able to live their lives kind of through a machine and they, their physical body would be, you know, sedentary, but they'd have 
they'd be able to live in a three-dimensional world through their Android self anyway. A little bit different, but my, my prediction is really about um, being able to extend yourself into a virtual world like we do here. Um, and like, like what Karen just said too, through support and those kinds of things. But um, in the metaverse, supposedly you can be whoever you want to be. There's also another movie called Ready Player One, which is another whole, uh, which I was thinking about when I made up this, or thought of this prediction, where people can be whoever they want, um, go wherever they want, be whoever, you know, whatever. But it's a, <laughs> it's a it, it would be an option or a chance, a fantasy really to live um, a life with kind of no consequence a little bit, um, expand yourself into, like you said, globally, uh, Karen, with, with virtual technology. And I don't know. I don't know if it's for everybody. I don't know necessarily it would be for me either, to be honest, because I'm older. But, um, but I feel like it is, as it becomes more mainstream, it will become an option for people. Uh, and people are going to try it out. If there's no consequence, you're not going to catch a disease uh, you know, you're not going to, um, you know, there might be some other, other new things that will come up with that. Some other issues, uh, other kind of, I'm sure kind of, uh, uh, consequences that will arise from that, but, um, it's possible. It's possible that men and women will meet, uh, as, as, and you never, you never know. You might, that other person that you might meet that might be a woman that you think is a beautiful woman in the metaverse might actually be a dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many things I could say. Oh, no, so many things. Yeah. Not going to go there. Yes. Well, well, I noticed I'm going to tiptoe into something I don't usually tiptoe in and no comments from anybody, please. More and more, but not on this show and, and not on the other shows I did this week, people are putting their preferred pronouns after their name. And sometimes it's a surprise, okay? And uh, sometimes it's a they, and I'm not sure how, how to say, how, how, do them, how do they respond? It, it's an area that I never really cared about. You're a person, I'm talking to you, I don't care what you do. Anyway, let's just leave that alone. So you brought up some really good points. I don't see any wiggling fingers there, Dustin, so I'm going on. Jason, I pulled a quickie on you, my dear. I picked prediction number three, but we already talked about coaching. So I'm gonna go to prediction number four, and I'm gonna read it, because I think this is very interesting. You say, advancements in tech, which we're talking about, and social media will continue to offer more and more into intuitive plug and play options that will help bridge the knowledge and experience gap between children and single fathers. They'll create more cooperative opportunities for connection, learning, finances, entertainment, and accountability. That is a packed prediction. Jason Blount, take it apart. Go ahead. It's up to you. Yeah, uh, I think going on the heels of what Dustin shared, I think the metaverse is, is part of our, our new frontier. Uh, blockchain, crypto, that whole environment is a, is, a, is a brand new frontier for us. And depending upon our age or generation, some of it's going to come intuitively, naturally, and other of us are going to be really working harder. I'm 55, and I've got somebody 10 years younger than me that just goes through the blockchain technology so much easier than me because there's things that are more intuitive. And it's, it's very impressive. It's also very um, uh, kind of humbling, a little bit of frightening of how that age difference, how much different we view certain aspects of technology. Some things are a lot more um, within their capabilities than mine. I can catch up to it, but it takes more time. And when you're a busy single father, 
it, it's it's an investment of time. But I think what it comes to is there can be more and more of these opportunities in this new frontier. Uh, it's going to continue to grow, expand, evolve, change. And we have to be ready to how we're going to engage with that. And that comes back to that conversation with, with our children, with our adult children, with our partners, ex-partners, because it's going to be part of the conversation and we need to stay up to, up to uh, speed on that. And the plug and play, they're already out there. We just have to discover which one's going to work for us and our, and our children that we want to work together, especially like I mentioned with crypto and with, with us with metaverse, there's opportunities to do some collaborative things there. Um, you mentioned how you taught your children French. And at that time, that was the technology, the, the new language. <laughs> and this new language we're involved in continues to evolve. It's, it's the newness is, 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 is ever expanding. It's the, there's something new going to be coming out there. We have to find that language that we're going to partner together and, and join and, and teach to one another. And as an adult parent, that's going to be a little humbling. going to be exciting because they're going to teach to us as we talked about how our kids often teach to us as much as we hope we impart to them. So I think the opportunities are there. We have to just have to be willing to have a conversation and look for those points of engagement and be open to the idea this is where we're going. Thank you, Jason. I, I like the way you use the word language and used it in, in various shapes and shades and forms and permutations in terms of, yes, French as a language, but the tech was we're learning another language, no different than when I learned COBOL or I learned PL1, my programming languages or Assembler or Fortran or anything like language is a language. It, we actually, when I was in school, we created our own compiler. We had to come up with a nonsense language and actually code in it in small groups of three in, in the class. And that was, that was a lot of fun coming up with gobbledygook as as a programming language didn't last long but it was it was quite an experience thank you very much let's go to reggie i'm looking at your prediction number three reggie let me read a little bit it's long and i'll let you pull it apart for us you say the number of single fathers will continue to rise as the dynamics of relationships continue to evolve into more independent and co-parenting relationships arrangements and i know you want to talk about uber as an example of you can get get around without depending on somebody else. Reggie, this is an interesting one. Go ahead, please. Yeah, so as technology continues to evolve, um, it provides an opportunity for convenience, right? The example that Uber provides is a matter of convenience in terms of transportation as well as delivery of um, food, goods, and so forth. How I correlate that back into co-parenting situations is that, you know, as more people adopt this technology or the use of, you know, the likes of Uber and, and so forth, you know, for me personally, I don't really have to be um, there physically to manage pickups and drop-offs. If I'm, you know, trying to multitask between um, different projects or things that I'm working on, especially now that the fact that my kids are older, I could rely on the shared economy through Uber as an example, you know, to pick up my kids or drop them off. I could, you know, send an Uber to uh, my son's work to pick him up from and drop him off to my house and so forth. Um, but that's just one example. Um, you know, there's going to be other platforms, of course, especially as, you know, the dynamics shift within co-parenting. We all know it's it's kind of challenging, right? But there will be platforms, and I know there, there is, in terms of, okay, well, what does the management of activities look like, right? In terms of scheduling, having visibility to that, um, in terms of opening up communications to um, discuss a variety of different um, topics, whether it be, you know, healthcare for um, your, your son or your daughter or your kids, and managing that communication channel through various platforms to kind of reduce that friction as opposed to, you know, having that conversation over the 
phone call, uh, you know, over the phone, which could somewhat be unproductive, especially if there's a history of, you know, um, call it continuous, continuous disconnects, Um, you know, having that engagement through those platforms and make it a lot more seamless where you don't really have and truly have to constantly engage with the other parent, but it's just more of a a shared resource where you could get access to schedules, um, communication, um, you know, less dependency on having that individual conversation, less dependency on having to be there in the physical, but leveraging the virtual means to get done what needs to be done. That's so interesting. Reggie, as you're speaking, a a little thought bubble popped up. I don't know if you saw it, but it's right there. You can see it right above the red hair. It's in this curl right here, in this curl right here. And the thought is what, now we we know in a divorce, you divide assets. What are they? It's it's who gets the puppy, who gets the kitten, who gets the house, who gets the car, who gets the membership in the country club, who gets the sailboat, who gets the, who, who gets the kids for how many days a week or how many weekends or how many holidays? We all know that. But what if today, because of Social Tribe, Karen and everybody, what if the family had a Facebook page and it was under one parent's email address, registered email address, but they both shared pictures and photos and they both had access to it. This is Bob and Mary at gmail.com. Okay, Bob and Mary, they share an email. Well, a lot of people still share emails. I don't get it, but they do. So the marriage breaks up, the relationship breaks up and you have shared a social account who gets the social account? Did we ever think about that? Who gets to post the pictures? Do you post angry pictures? You know, yeah. you're all your kids' friends are looking at it. Well, I had Bobby and Marley on Saturday and the dog was happy, but my ex had her on Wednesday and they don't look so happy. How, how do you, I never thought about that. Shared social, does anybody want to, I just, this, I told you the pop up, uh, the, the thought bubble in this curl, it's just very unpredictable. Karen, I never told you that before. It's just amazing. Anybody want to come in and what do you do with social? And we don't have to solve the problem, but it seems like it could be an issue. Who, you know, it's like, whose friends are your friends after the divorce? To whom do you, who do you go for Christmas day? The whole family can't go anymore because you're battling and they took her side and they took his side and they took their side. So what do you do with the social accounts? Does anybody want to chime in? Somebody has to rescue me right now. It's my <laughs> show and you're all my guests. So somebody, Jason, there's a brave fireman here. Ex- Coach, go ahead. Let's jump in the fire. Let's go. Please. There. Thank you. There, there is no easy way to slice this cake. Um, it is going to be the conversation with the, the spouses on how they want to, like, they can't divide friends. Friends are going to divide them up. Um, they're going to take sides. How they're going to take up the social account, it may just be two new, two new social accounts and you, and you keep one alive for old memories and you decide upon that. I will, I will share with you this. I know we've all probably experienced it or seen it as I've got some friends who have gone through a divorce and how they post. You can clearly see on one, on one side where one's trying to prove to the world that their life is so much better. It's in little innuendos and passive aggressive statements. Yes. And, and the other one is trying to hold their own, but once in a while it leaks out around the corners because that person feels frustrations on their end. And it is, it is sometimes awkward, a little painful to watch that happen. Um, but it is a, is a pr- it's a statement of, of the importance of that social account, how it speaks to who they were and who they are now. It can be a very revealing moment of, of those personalities. 
Yes, that's what I, anybody else want to jump in the fire? Reggie, you nodded. I'm calling on you. Say something. No, no, no pressure. No pressure. Dear. Okay. No, no, no. Jason, Jason really um, covered a lot of variables. And like you said, you can slice and dice this cake in so many different ways um, because it does create um, an awkward dynamic, especially in that, that case that Jason mentioned. Okay. I'm living my best life. All of a sudden, I just want to put that on, on social. Um, but the other person is not so living their best life because, you know, they're managing the day to day with the kids right or whatever that that case is um but you're right bonnie that's that's a really tough one like how do you divide who gets access uh, and ownership of that social page right it's like is that going to be an, a new variable that's going to be in the court proceedings when you go through um that separation agreement or managing that right it's like what what happens um i think someone's going to have to concede right in terms of okay well how, how much value do you are you to really hold on to that social account can you just create a new one and then put a, a different narrative on it right um hopefully it's going to be something positive as opposed to negative of course um but you you never know what kind of state you are in but um yeah that, that, that's that's a tough one a very interesting one bonnie and i think <laughs> <laughs> we get going to continue having this conversation about it. I think Justin, I, Justin I think we're going to do a part two. Dustin, chime in, and then I have another another point I want to make, and I'll get Karen to come in on that. Dustin, just go quick, ahead. Yeah, just a quick 30 seconds. What you just said, Reggie, is exactly right. You create a new one. You create a new identity um, after a divorce. I mean, we all are doing that. And so you literally are creating somebody new um, in social media when you do that. And I think in my, in my experience, my ex, she just canceled all her social media so she just got out but um you know there was never any discussion about who gets what or whatever but um but yeah i think for me and i think for a lot of people i think they're just trying to move on and try to start something turn the page and yeah you can look back at stuff like you know you're saying old pictures and memories and those kinds of things but i i know for me i'm like i'm trying to create somebody new and and uh, be the next version of myself that we all talk about. And so, yeah, I think it's just, uh, it could be if, if people are really, uh, you know, nostalgic about that or very possessive about, well, I was their friend first and they should, and then to Jason's point, let those people will decide who they're gonna follow and who they're not gonna follow. And that's, I think that's where that'll go. Thank you all. I'm going to throw a little another twist in here. Karen, I think we need it. Would you all come back for part two in a couple months with me? Because I think we have more to, this is all opinion based. This is not fact, but I, I have another wrench to throw into the mix here or another spark to throw on the fire, Jason. There's your, your fire reference, your metaphor. What if couple you have teenage children young and and what if you're you're dating somebody i don't care what gender you're dating you're dating somebody and word gets around that you were seen coming out of the movies with somebody or coming out of a restaurant and you're not ready to introduce your children to that person but rumor has it in school yeah jimmy's dad was seen taking marianne's aunt to the movies and your kids find out and they start looking on social for the facebook page of that aunt or that father and they learn about that person and they come to you and say i don't like the person you took to the movies because their politics don't match our family or because they had a bad divorce and they were nasty or because they are putting profanities on twitter which we know happens what if the kids do their own research on a relationship of the parent and they come back to the parent and say we don't like this person. We don't want, I, I, this is a, a, Karen, parenting coach, talk to me. What do you, am I opening a can of worms here? Do we dare go there? Karen, talk to me. 
I think you are opening a can of worms. I think that does happen. I know, um, you know, parents will, you know, if they, their daughter says, hey, you know, I, I'm, I like this guy. I mean, I know that we look into the families. We make sure that the, the you know, background is okay. Who is this person? And then in Hawaii, it's like, oh my gosh, my aunt's cousin's, you know, son is um, whatever it is, right? You, you pretty, social media, if you are on it, people will find you. So I don't have a solution to that, but I would be interested in knowing what um, Reggie, Jason, and Dustin, I mean, I'm, I don't know what I would do if I was in that situation where your child says, I don't like that person. We and have feel, two, two and a half minutes left. So we're going to get a, we're going to get a one sentence answer from each of you. And then I would like to invite you all back. I've got three minutes left. So, and I've got to have 60 seconds to close. Um, Dustin, quickly, one sentence. Thoughts? Do the best that you can and everything will be okay. Thank you. It's like job interviews, right? Everything you put your social footprint is there online and, and recruiters can see it. Nothing goes away. Those drunken photos and those nasty replies, it's all there. You can discover. Watch the police shows. They can find anything. I find the last five people you called. Uh, Jason, one sentence. Go ahead. Take responsibility, set up agreements with your children, not set them up for expectations before you start to date. Wow. Jason. Wow. Reggie, talk, please. Uh, I want to level set on the concern, find out exactly what, um, you know, what they're bothered by and see if I could actually, you know, alleviate those concerns um, through understanding and coming back with a response that's um, where they could kind of align to where I'm going with this relationship or potential. Thank you. Karen, would you be able to get one divorced mom to join the panel next time? So we get a different balance. I want Dustin and Reggie and Jason and you to come back five on the panel is fine with me. Karen, what do you think? I do? can try my best. I know a lot of them want to remain private, but I, okay, I'm well, a particular mom who might be um, open to it. Okay. Or uh, one of these three gentlemen can, can invite a woman that you know, not somebody you're dating. Let's leave that one. Let's, let's not have that, that say, dynamic. You want, you want my ex to come on? I can try to ask her if she will. <laughs> up to you. It's up. up. I know that's a whole different show. We need a couple of couples. I want to thank all four of you. Karen, again, thank you. I am so impressed with the three young men. I'm calling you young men. Jason, you're still a young man to me. I don't, I don't believe the 55 for a minute. So don't even try to pull that one off on me. You're nothing like, you know, all the ages have changed. You don't even know what planet I'm in as far as age-wise go. Dustin, Reggie, thank you so much. Karen, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're smart. You have such passion and such heart. You bring me such wonderful people and great topics. I'll invite you all back for the fall. It'll be a couple months from now, and I'd love it if you come back. New quotes, new predictions, and, and we'll set up a slightly different topic. Thank you to Gabe, our engineer at Voice America. Everybody, don't go away because I have to take pictures. Everybody wave to LinkedIn. Everybody wave to Facebook. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Oh